Hello and welcome to another episode of Brax Tax. This is Northridge Fellowship's podcast for our youth. And we are in our series called The King and His Kingdom, a study in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, well, have you ever experienced a time where you felt judged? Uh, is there ever a time maybe that you didn't feel judged, but you felt really good in judging somebody else? Does cancel culture bother you, or is it something that you're actively participating in? Well, in the first part of our podcast, we're going to talk about judging others, because this week's chapter, well, that's how it opens. So Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged, because with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Don't give, what is, what, don't give dogs what is holy, and don't throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So, we've heard this verse probably before in popular culture, judge not. Hey, don't judge. Don't judge me. Keep your judging to yourself, all that kind of stuff. Well, there's biblical support for that. Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. If you don't want to be judged, don't judge other people. A good question to ask would be, Judged by who? Is God going to judge you for judging other people? Or is it just that other people are going to judge you if you start to play the game of thinking it's okay to judge other people? I'll tell you a cool secret here. Um, you don't want to be other people's judge. And you don't want to be judged by other people. People make really bad judges when it comes to our lives. What we do want is Jesus as our judge. And the reason why I say that is because Jesus has lived a perfect life, yet was without sin. The book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus is able to sympathize with our weaknesses in every way. He knows your, you and your experience because he's experienced your experience as well as you've experienced it. And yet, that Jesus went to the cross for your sins anyway... In order to take the judgment that you deserve, and now he sits at the right hand of God, judging. And he doesn't judge without grace. He doesn't judge without understanding. He is a good judge and a gracious judge. We want him to be judged. So that's a little bit of an aside. But what Jesus is talking about here is uh, judging between people, I think, is what the main focus is. Um he says, with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And that could be where he's talking about God's going to use your own standards to judge yourself. And that's why I say it's so much better to have Jesus <laughs> judge you because Jesus has very good standards by which he judges us, namely his own blood and not our performance. Um, but another thing that's true is that if we start playing the game of judging other people, we're going to be judged by them too. If we think that our judgment matters for somebody else's character or their actions, well, then their judgment matters against our character and actions. So it's better just not to play the game. 
I think that's a, a good takeaway from this passage. Um, but what if you what if you are tempted to judge somebody? And in our culture today, my gosh, there is so much out there. I mean, there's presidents to judge. It's just kind of funny to think that. <laughs> we're so young, and what do we know? But we're judging presidents, you know, who've gained, you know, the helm of an entire country. Um, but we judge them. We judge uh, celebrities. We judge um, streamers and and sports stars and everybody we end up judging. I mean, just spend like five minutes on social media of any kind and you'll find that somebody's judging somebody. So the temptation's there. What do you do if you feel like you are tempted to judge somebody? Well, Jesus says this, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? The, the piece of sawdust that is in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log that is coming out of your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that little little bit of sawdust out of your eye when there's the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. You first take out the log of in, that's in your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So I take this, and I, I put it in a few simple steps. If I'm feeling tempted to judge somebody else, what I should do is first I should check myself to see how do I do the same thing that I'm judging this person for. And this might be where you're really feeling like you're making a judgment. It might be that you're just getting angry at somebody in the moment. Uh, Ask yourself, how do I do the exact same thing? Because I do. I do the exact same thing somehow. So ask yourself, how do I do the same thing? Then take that thing that you do to God and be honest with him and, and be like, hey, God... I need help with this. Help me take this log out of my own eyes so I can see clearly. So you're confessing it to God. You're asking God for help in the area uh, in which you do the same thing as the person that you're judging them. And then the next step is actually to help the person with the thing that you judged them for. That's a very humbling thing to do. That whole process of... First, recognizing how you do the exact same thing, then asking for help from God and others, and then actually taking the next step and helping the person. Most of the time, judgment does not lead to positive action on the behalf of some this person we're judging, right? Most of the time, we enjoy judging the other person. And, and actually, see if this is true for you. I think it's been true for me in my life is that I would rather not help the person with the thing I'm judging them for. Okay. Let's say they're too loud of a person. They talk too loud. I'm judging them for that. Man, they should be quieter. I prefer not telling them about their loudness and pointing it out and trying to help them with their loudness because as long as they are loud, I can continue to judge them for being loud and feel better about myself. I think that's probably the case. So instead of holding on and, and letting, um, instead of holding this judgment in secret, um, see how you do the same thing. Ask God for help. Ask others for help. And then go and try to help the person with the thing that you originally judged them for. But then Jesus says in verse 6, don't give dogs what is holy. 
and don't throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Now, Pastor Ben, he has a really interesting take on this. He's saying Jesus is kind of being uh, ironic um, because, you know, he's saying, you're making a judgment call. You're calling them dogs and pigs, and that's bad. You shouldn't do that. Um, you know, and, and I really like this too, is um, if you come with a spirit of judgment towards them, they will end up being like dogs and pigs, and they will come and attack. If you if you call them dogs and pigs, they have no reason to not behave like dogs and pig, pigs and go on ahead and attack you, right? Um, so don't come with a judgmental attitude. And I totally agree. Don't come with a judgmental attitude with people. But I also think what Jesus might be doing here is he's actually saying, beware of who you're trying to help. If, if you go through this process of seeing the log that's in your own eye, and then you ask God, you confess that, you ask God for help, um, you ask others for help, and then you try to help the person with that little bit of sawdust that's in their eye, you know, um, beware of, be, be aware of who you're trying to help. Do they seem like the kind of person that's going to welcome your help? Um, be cautious in going in uh, to point out their their sin and how they need to improve because they might not be uh, a Christian and judging their behavior is not really going to help. You know, <laughs> it's just, they're having a nice lunch and you walk up and you start saying, hey, I've noticed this sinful attitude about you and that needs to change. Um but don't worry, I've dealt with this in myself. They probably don't care. They're not They're not a Christian. There's, it's probably not going to help them to just go out and point this out. I could be wrong, but there's, I think most cases, it's probably not going to help. Um, they might be, you know, angry, um, you know, in general, um, whether they're a Christian or not. If they're a Christian, they're just mad at you. You know, wait till they cool down before, you know, you start having this conversation about their sin. Uh, there's there's wisdom in how you go about having this conversation. I think that's what verse six is about. Is be careful that you're not just throwing your pe- pearls um, to pigs and you're not just giving dogs what is holy. Be careful. Uh, these people are made in the image of God, but they might be behaving like dogs and pigs at the moment. That might be what Jesus is saying. And I think it's helpful for us <laughs> to recognize that not everybody wants our help. Um, so that's the first thing I wanted to talk about in this podcast. The next uh, is concerning probably one of the more scary passages in the Bible. This is what we talked about on Sunday in high school and middle school. Um, and, and the reason why I wanted to talk about it was because it was a passage that scared me for many, many years uh, every time I, I read it. And it's this passage. Jesus says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So the reason why that passage is scary, if you haven't picked up on it already, is that there, Jesus is explaining to those who are listening to him 
that there's this possibility that you could call Jesus Lord emphatically and do many mighty works like prophesying in the name of Jesus, casting out demons in the name of Jesus, and yet still be cast out of the kingdom. That's terrifying. I don't want that to happen to me someday. And you don't want this to happen to you someday. When you stand before the throne of Jesus' judgment seat, and instead of hearing grace and well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master, instead you hear, I never knew you. After a life dedicated to Jesus, to hear, I never knew you, and to be asked to leave heaven. That's terrifying. So, how do you die and stand before Jesus' throne of judgment and hear, well done, good and faithful servant, instead of, I never knew you? That's what I want to talk about with just closing up our time today. How do we hear, well done, welcome, instead of, I never knew you. So listen to the passage again. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So two things I want to bring out. And so that we don't hear, I never knew you someday. The first is in verse 21. Um, the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter the kingdom of heaven. So, I mean, look at what these people are saying to Jesus. We prophesied in your name, Jesus. We cast out demons in your name. And we did many mighty works in your name. And we look at that and we go, man, these guys does like... They're the elite Christians. They should definitely make it into the kingdom, right? But Jesus apparently is telling them they didn't do the will of his father who is in heaven. In fact, he calls them workers of lawlessness, which means you don't have to go to the mission field in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. You, you don't have to become a preacher to enter the kingdom of heaven. You don't have to uh, cast out demons or do miracles. You don't have to look like the superstar Christians of history in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. And in fact, what Jesus is telling us is that if, you know, the superstar Christians did not enter the kingdom of heaven because they did all these amazing things. That's not how they entered. How they entered was by doing the will of their father who's in heaven. Okay, so I just want to let you know, casting out demons, prophesying in Jesus' name, doing mighty works, um, you know, there are so many things that are very good Christian things, and God might call you someday to do some of these things, but spectacular does not mean saved. <laughs> um Honorable doesn't mean holy. Um, you don't have to be spectacular in order to be saved. What you need is to do the will of your Father who is in heaven. And what is that? Exactly what Jesus has been saying in Matthew 5 and Matthew 6 and Matthew 7. 
it, it's it's to have these qualities poor in spirit mourning meek hungering and thirsting for righteousness merciful peacemaker um pure in heart, persecuted for righteousness sake, saying no to anger and lust and divorce and um, oaths and retaliation and loving your neighbor as yourself. If you want it wrapped up in one word, do to others what you would want them to do to you. It That's to do the will of, of the Father. And if you, if you want to hear well done, when you die, instead of, I never knew you, do the will of your Father who's in heaven. Not as a way to earn it. That, that's this next part. But I want to let you know, you don't have to be spectacular to be saved. You actually need to be very ordinary and humble listening to Jesus' words in Scripture. Okay, And like I said, not as a way to earn it. Because what Jesus says in verse 23 is very important for us. Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Jesus makes the measure of entering into the kingdom of heaven, the prerequisite or the, the ticket, the badge, the boarding pass for entering the kingdom is knowing Jesus. That's what he says. I never knew you. That's how he says, no, don't come in. It's, it's through him saying, I never knew you. Which is to say, if you knew him, you would come in. So if I throw a party for all of my friends and you come to the door and I don't know you, why would I let you in? So my question for you is, do you know him? Are you a friend of Jesus? Like you know the way that he talks, you know the way that he walks, the way that he treats you, the way that he treats your family, the way that he treats the poor and the sojourner, that's a fancy word for immigrant, how he treats um, minorities and all of the ethnicities of the world. Do you know how he treats them? Are you a friend of Jesus? And let me tell you, how you get to be a friend of Jesus is by starting an honest conversation with him. Just start talking to him. If you, if you don't know if you're a friend of Jesus or not, I, I tell just start talking to him now. Okay? Tell him that you're afraid of hearing someday, I never knew you. Tell him what, wherever you're at, just start there and start reading his word. A great place to start is the Gospel of John. Um, you can start in Matthew, where we are in, in this series, but start talking to him. That's how we make friends with each other, is we just start communicating. We talk to them, they listen to us, they talk to us, we listen to them. Um, so th- I just want to let you know, this passage does not have to be scary to us. Really, all we need to do to never hear these words is to listen to Jesus and to get to know him. And and that's it. I mean, and it's it's this commitment. When he tells us to follow him, we follow. When he tells us to do something, we we listen. Or when we fail to listen, we ask for forgiveness. He's so gracious. We want him as our judge and our friend. So You don't have to be spectacular to be saved. You just need to love and listen to Jesus.
So that's all we have time for today. Until next time, go and tell them to come and see. We'll see you next time.